Welcome to the sports class with Justin and Jamal. Thursday, September 14th. Welcome to the sports class with Justin and Jamal. I'm Jamal Cox and I'm with the guy who keeps sending me photos of flat top grills. Justin Kelly, say hi to the people. JC, what's up? Three weeks away. Welcome back. The sports class is back. It's good to be back in the saddle. Very good to be back in Little Owl Studios. Nice to see you, JC. It's been a while. I was riding my bike back up here tonight to uh, to spend some time with you. It was, um, it was wonderful. I was so happy to be on my way here to get back in the saddle, to get back to uh, our Thursday nights. Yeah, same here. Same here. Lots transpired since we last, uh, we last spoke on mic. And I want to hear a little bit about it, your adventures. You were up in Black Creek for your summer sojourn. How did that go? I was up in the Lord's Hamlet for a couple of weeks, JC, at the end of August. It was wonderful, man. It was it was wonderful. Super warm, super hot. Conditions were ripe. The vibes were immaculate. <laughs> and no, it was great, man. Had a lovely time. Lovely time. Really, just briefly, the highlight was... Um, having my kids, having my daughters in the water, having them in the Oyster River, and just seeing them become so comfortable in the water. Uh, for my eldest, we got her uh, a new mask and snorkel set for her birthday at early August. Nice mask and snorkel set. And just watching her put that on and, and took her to some locals-only swimming holes on the Oyster River where she would sort of dive down and really able to see, you know, a whole new world, right? And And pulling like coming up out of the water and saying like daddy i saw a trout and and there's um, nice and there's there's crayfish down here and like all these different things that she was seeing right and it was it was wonderful the water was wonderful it was it was great man and, and taking her also taking them and my partner and and all three of them to um some of these some of these spots from my childhood that i hold near and dear and have some summertime uh, magic to me and nostalgia Super cool, JC. Really, really a blast. Really a blast. Beaches, rivers, just, uh, it was all there, pal. You showed me, um, you sent me a picture, I think it was kind of a lazy day on the river one day, and it looked like bliss, like everything was right in the world. It, so. was, it was nice, man. And we had a, we had a long enough chi- time that, you know, we could just take it low and slow, just like your pork shoulder, right? We could just take <laughs> it, we could just take it easy. There was no big rush. Right. There was no big rush. And um, we saw some people, saw some family and um, just a nice, a nice medley of time. So it was it was lovely, lovely to get away from the hustle and bustle of big city Victoria and um, (laughs) spend a little time in the country. And uh, yeah, it was it was great, man. It was great. Thanks for asking. Nice. Nice. And I saw you. Oh, you have another thought. I I do have another thought. I ran into my uh, math 10 and math 11 teacher. Yeah. at Biblio Taco in, in Cumberland, BC. Yeah. Great name, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's early in the day and people are mountain biking like crazy in Cumberland. It's, it's one of the three sort of rainy cloudy days that we had when we were up there. So when it gets rainy, you gotta, you gotta get out of Black Creek and you gotta go 20 minutes North or South. So we usually go South into into Cumberland or Comox or Courtney just to kind of get a little bit of the little urban scratch that urban itch for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Anyway, we run into, uh, I see this guy walk into Biblio Taco. We're taking a quick reprieve on the mean streets of Cumberland. And the, and 
I recognize him right away as he walks in, right? Doesn't, looks exactly the same. This guy's barely aged. Fuck, he must have been 25 when he was teaching me, you know? <laughs> must have been 25. Yeah. And I, and I see him and I say to my partner, I'm like, oh, I, I think I know that guy. And she's like, well, why don't you go say hi? And I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe we eat our tacos while I go over. And I go, anyway, I roll up to his table and I go, do you, you used to teach at Vanier? He goes, yeah. And I go, Mr. Erickson, right? And he looks at me and he's like, yeah. And I go, oh, I'm Justin Kelly. And he, there's maybe a, a glimpse. I mean, this guy's seen thousands and thousands of students in his time, but maybe a glimpse of familiarity. And then I, I said to him, I go, sort of as a way to hoping that he could remember me from many of the people that he served in math 10 and 11. And I say, I'm the guy who used to write Justin, the second coming of Mike Bibby, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> on my test and then he would look at me and be like c plus kelly <laughs> got a, i got a little laugh out of him so i was happy about that that resonated it resonated yeah and yeah. The, the couple of his couple of his pals at the table had a little giggle on that too so it was nice to see him we had a handshake and a little bit longer of a chat i didn't didn't hold up too long but it was pretty it was pretty funny need to see some old faces when you're up in those places as you well know from your time oh yeah it's great that there's nothing like that jolt of like nostalgia or like when you see someone you haven't seen in ages it washes over you kind of transported back to that time that era yeah. it's it's special it's cool yeah yeah, yeah. it's good man as well like when you came back i hadn't seen you for a couple of weeks and i think our first kind of encounter just was in the wild we were uh for the first day of school it was impromptu it was impromptu and yeah we were walking up dropping the kids off and I noticed right away that Zadie seems to have kind of evolved to that next chapter. Like, I know you were working on the potty training. We're there, too, on the potty training, by the way. We're we're one and twoing freely and in quite control of our body now and listening to our body like we all should be at two and a half or 72 and a half. We're, <laughs> we're listening to our body. Zadie's on it. That's awesome. That's a game changer, for oh. real. If you're, if listeners, if you, you haven't gone through that, um, it is... Definitely, I don't even know how to like under like overstate it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a huge game changer it's when huge. you get to that, especially at your last venture down mm-hmm. that that trail. Yeah, probably, <laughs> unless something changes. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, that's cool. But and Zadie is she is a she's a real wildebeest now. Like she's out in it. She's in the mix. She's you know she's everywhere and and just. Yeah, man, she is really. I said wildebeest on purpose. Like she's roaming free. She's out there. She's she's hanging rocks together. She's hitting people. She's in the mix. She fears no man. She doesn't fear anything. <laughs> anything. She took a spill tonight before I came over here, and I was like, oh fuck, she broke her neck. Oh god. She popped right up. <laughs> Didn't even cry. Was it a trampoline incident? No, it was just like jumping off a bed onto a thing. But I was just like immediately like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, these kids, they're resilient. And Zadie is. Yeah. And she, the other thing that really popped for me, like just in a few minutes I saw her, was like her communication skills have just like leveled up too. Mm -hmm. Like she seemed, I knew obviously, like you said, having the two older sisters, she's always taking in information, interacting, but then she was just having that reciprocal thing going on and like uh you and the nanny like she was just kind of i could see it all yeah all the machinations everything coming in she was kind of running the playground oh yeah yeah Yeah. if for someone who doesn't speak any real words yet she's very communicative communicative like she's very 
she's talking she's talking non-stop non-stop it's, it's yeah it's amazing i also want to point out like i love i don't know how to articulate this as as well as i, I would like her curly I, hair yeah dna tests pending <laughs> <laughs> pending are you the father that's right <laughs> but um i love she does some things that she knows are kind of at that threshold like the brinksmanship of like kind of pushing a boundary i can't think of a, a specific example but maybe she's like climbing on something and she knows maybe this isn't what i should be doing but then she looks and gives this kind of like smile yes she does this kind of like i know what i'm doing yeah yeah and it's so hilarious like objectively obviously it's different for you i imagine but like for me as a as a casual observer yes. i'm just like it's very cute it's very endearing and funny yeah. and also scary <laughs> yes yes check 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure man for sure so while we were there talking about the first day of school kids are back i remember last time we recorded <sighs> i was like justin i need to get a routine i need to get these kids back and here we are things and here we are week two so how's it been? We're two weeks in. We're two weeks we're, in. We're recording back in our normal routine of recording on a Thursday night. And again, thanks so much for listening out there. It's Thursday night. We This is the second week of school. How goes over here at the Cox residence? You know what? Last week was really rough. It was difficult. It was... And I, you. this will totally resonate with you. I'm the only one in my house. You're the only one in your house that essentially is not going back to school, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like mm-hmm. our partners both are in the education system, work out there fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. And um, and the kids obviously had to go back to school or like Zadie, you know, her routine as well. And tensions were high. Yeah. Tensions were high. It was a lot of, the, the big thing here that caused a lot of ruffled feathers was our school has the kids go back to their classroom teacher from the previous year for the first, I guess, like two or three days. Yeah, trying to do a bit of a soft start. Yes. And then there's this escalating... Confusion. Confusion, let's say, of who what class am I going to be in? Am I going to be with my buddy that I want to be in? Which teacher am I going to get? Et cetera, et cetera. So all week, it was just the tension was mounting. Sure. And then Thursday night, it's like um, waiting for the emails to come in. Exactly, and you don't it's like, know. It's when like being picked come. for a team, like sort of waiting for that that same feeling of did, did I, I make the, did I make the team? Such a good analogy because it's the same thing. And and the thing was, it's not synchronized with the communication. So like one of our kids knew where he was going to school. Sure. Sorry, excuse me. Which class and teacher he had? Yes. And the other one was like, why haven't I heard yet? Did they forget about me? He's going through the whole. Yeah you know, of all the emotions there, the whole spectrum. Yeah. And and then, yeah, and then they go to school and it's it's just a weird start. And, and like my wife had a funny story as well. She had um, first week of school, so they're doing all of these kind of different activities at her school. And one of the activities, she took the kids to the beach. I don't know what was going on, but there was something where the kids were in a boat and... Some kid was dared by his peers to just dive in. And the rule was, let's not dive in. We don't have the liability of it all, right? Especially at her school. Sure, (laughs) sure. Yes, I understand that. So the kid, of course, dove in after peer pressure. And then the kid goes home. That's some bull junk. 
it is some bull junk. <laughs> the quote prime. We'll get into that later. But the kid goes in, and then Julia has to follow up. The kid breaks the rule or whatever. So the kid's following up oh, and told. This the is gu- like day two or something. Yeah, the kid told yeah. uh, his guardian, um, I believe his grandmother, that the boat capsized. Liar. When he came home soaking wet, it's like, what happened? Oh, the boat tipped over. So then Julia's caught in this whole situation where she's like, no, (laughs) this is what happened. The boat capsized. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just case in point is just that last week (laughs) it was all popping off. There was a lot happening around the house. This week week. is is way more settled around the Cox household. Um, there's a lot of things happening as we'll get to in a moment, um, this weekend, which we're looking forward to, but I feel like we're settling a bit. We're yes. settling yeah. slowly. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I sort of echo that. It, it was pretty hairy at, at my place, a little bit of anxiousness around everybody, N- not the kids so much, maybe the parents more so, but yeah, all that you said obviously is really, really relatable. And, and that was felt too, like the, the slow roll, the, the soft start, it's all, it all takes too long. I'll tell you one thing. I'll never. Well, sorry. I just I was gonna be insensitive. I was gonna say how I'm so glad we don't have to do those kindergarten soft slots, the, the three week yeah. soft start. But yeah. I know that, that I'm inevitably you'll have to get there. I might homeschool her. <laughs> <laughs> might be easier. Shit. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. I was just talking about uh, looking forward to the weekend. Got some things going on. So. Uh, for those that are outside of Victoria, every year there's this big festival called Rifflandia. Really big festival. This year they went all out. They kind of looked at a Coachella model, if you will. So they spaced it out across two weekends. It's typically one big weekend of mm-hmm. uh, sun and fun and music and, and what have you. But um, yeah, last week also another thing was I could hear the whole concert from my house. I yeah. was talking to you on the phone. It was like the music was pumping. It was a vibe. It was catching all that. So as yeah. I as I rode my yeah. bike over here, I could hear it the entire way. Yeah. Like and, and I mean I can hear it a little bit at my place. We're talking maybe a maybe a fourteen minute commute from my place to yours. Yeah. And and I could hear it the entire way. But it does really you are you are close to it and it kinda just chunnels right into you. This is a rumble, just like bass, like yeah. just kinda there. But we kinda got caught up in the vibe. I have my boy Pat coming in from San Francisco this weekend. So we said, you know what? Let's go for it. We're going Saturday You're doing night. It. We're Diplo. Going. Diplo. Diplodocus. Love it. Yeah, man. We're gonna go and um You're gonna get into it. Yeah, spend an exorbitant amount of money mm-hmm. <laughs> to go. Mm-hmm. But Mavis Staples, salt and pepper. Nice. That's fun. Who else? Who else? Chet Faker. Um, those are kind of the highlighter. Highlight, excuse me, the, the headliners. That sounds um, fun. There's a few other acts yeah, that I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Lo- there's actually a guy from Virginia called uh, Matt Mason. Um, so kind of curious to see what he's about. He's from the beach, 757 represent. But um, yeah, we're gonna go and cut Virginia up on Beach? Saturday. Virginia Beach. Yeah, Pharrell's neighborhood. Pharrell, Allen Iverson, mm. Alonzo Mourning, Alonzo, <laughs> Missy Elliott, Clips. Wow. I can keep going. Uh, yeah. Huh. Teddy. That's Riley. fun. And what time do you think you'll? Do you say Teddy Riley? Yeah. Wow. Good call. Um, what time do you think you'll head over there on Saturday? You and Pat. I think doors are three, two thirty. When are you gonna settle in? Buddy gets in at noonish, so I gotta head out to Sydney. 
Also juggling two, not one, but mm. two different birthday parties. Of course you that are. Day. I've got to take an exam for work. God, as you're well a busy guy. In the morning. I'm, it's it's a fire hose or nothing. And, and the fire hose is on this weekend. Full valve. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. So, I think we'll probably mosey on after we uh, get the supplies we need. We'll probably go in, yeah, three or so. Diplo goes on 845. You know, he's no uh, Paris Hilton. But I think it'll be a good. Who was here last weekend? That's in reference to who was <laughs> here last show. weekend. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think we'll try that to. Sounds fun, man. Good yeah. for you. Send me a text mid, you know, maybe eleven. <laughs> what time are they? What time is it close in Sweet Little Victoria? What time are they asking you to leave? I imagine ten, ten or eleven. Is that the ballpark here for those who don't know mm-hmm. uh, this weekend? So where the uh, the Harbor Cats, the awesome Harbor Cats, play? Yeah, so, I drove by the, the R.I.P. today, and it looked looked pretty neat. Yeah, they had beer fest there last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's just that time of year in Victoria. We just crowd everything in the September. <laughs> so you want to do a little Q&A with J&J? Let's do a little Q&A. Q&A with J&J brought to you by... We're going back to school. It's mm-hmm. still warm out. Q&A with J&J this week brought to you by Indigenous Summer. <laughs> why is it so hot we're back in school yeah i saw someone the shirt monster got someone on my street today when i was driving home from work i saw someone got taken down by the shirt monster while they cleaned the windows after school after school all right i loved you love to see it <laughs> i've been seeing a bunch of people jogging in the middle of the road here just trying to get those last last little uh vestiges of summer going but then also it's getting darker earlier and i'm just like you need a light it is you need to stand out at dusk and it's also that sort of shoulder season where we during the day people have have lost their tops and and then later into the the evening as you've said people are wearing jackets and and toques i saw someone wearing gloves today i think that was unique to that person but yeah i I have also seen that it's it's funny out there right yeah people (laughs) as people grapple with the seasons (laughs) seasons change it's life on planet earth uh we're talking our kids going back to school the sort of the stress of back to school weeks here as we just about to finish week two what are some memories of um, your back to school days, Jamal, as you as you think back on your youth, what are what what are, you got a uh, little uh, tales? Oh yeah, you know I've calmed a bit these days, but I was, you know I I like to look good, so my sartorial choices were always look good, feel good, always at the top of my agenda. Let's say for the first day of school, even first week. So I remember sometimes. I had those first five days. I had the fits planned. Five? Yeah. Wow. You got to look fresh. I'm with you, but I think I only get to like one or two. I never did a full week. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I'm just black. I don't know. <laughs> but I just, I would just have. I'm the, sure it worked for you. <laughs> I would have it planned out. You had that ice cream money in your pocket too, though. <laughs> That's right. I've been working you had that hard. Scooping, you had that scooping money. You working had the strong hard. forearms and that ice cream dough. Working hard all summer so I can shine that first week back, you know. Post Labor Day, you gotta look your freshest. You wanna, you wanna come like, what you been up to this summer? Oh wow, everything's fresh and pressed. Yeah, yeah. So that was always something for me, and it's funny because my kids don't give a what about it. Like I'm just like, what are you gonna wear? Like, oh yeah, Adidas, Nike, mismatched, wrong socks. 
yeah, cool. That looks good. We got to take a photo of this, by the way. So <laughs> We're going to wear clothes. Yeah, pretty much. They could care less. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was always something for me. And just kind of those that first little instance, like, how was your summer? Because, you know, oftentimes you wouldn't see uh, certain folks in summer. And like certain people matured during the summer in, yep. in various ways. Yep. Some people got taller. Some people got fitter. Yeah. Uh, you know, things of that nature. So it was always fun to come back and just kind of have the scuttlebutt in the schoolyard of like, oh, yeah, like you see such and such. Oh, wow, cool. Oh, got braces off, you know, stuff yeah. like that. First days are a little nerve wracking that yeah. first day back at school and, and that first day at middle school and then the first day at high school, maybe that last, that that first day of your last year of high school, your grade 12 year, your senior year, as they say down south. It's pretty, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting, huh? Now, while we were away, Jamal, the, we had the U.S. Open happening, and, and you're the tennis expert on the on the pod. So let's get into what I saw happening in Flushing, and pressure is a privilege. Yes. Let's talk about some of the results that happened in New York. First of all, the conditions must be noted. It was hotter than a pistol. It was warm. Yeah, the humidity was was tough. You just saw players just dropping left and right. Lots of uh, Russians calling, dropping, <laughs> calling the trainer out. Yeah, lots of like cramping, cramping. Yeah, yeah. And Salt it was, tablets. Yeah, the crazy thing about it too, just watching was like. You know, we're on the West Coast and they're three hours ahead, but you're watching like night matches. Which I love, which is one of the joys of being a West Coast viewer is that it's it's perfect viewing from 8 to 11. You can watch the majority of a match and it's it's just glee. It's great. And that New York crowd at night, there's oh, nothing like it. Fired up with their mixed drinks that they have. They kept showing the, the bar scenes. The honeydews. The honeydews. That's the big drink. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So... Just to say, like, uh, build on what you were saying, it's, it was wild to see these nighttime matches and people were still just melting. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, it's... Fans are going the, um, as I texted you one night, the the corner pocket towel holders are oh, just yeah. getting a mean workout, a real mean <laughs> workout. Yeah, people were toweling off after every point. After every point, because it's hotter than a pistol, hotter than a mug. Yeah, I mean... You saw like uh, Daniil Medvedev, who uh, ended up in the final, was the runner-up, which we'll talk about in a moment. But there's one match where his opponent, I can't remember who it was, went to change and use the bathroom. And he, <laughs> the camera stayed with him on the feed I was watching. And he stripped down. All he was, had on was his like his shorts. Mm-hmm. Socks were off. Shoes were off. He's toweling off his body like he's in a fucking spa getting mm-hmm. a schwitz on. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, just, like, I was like, this is crazy. It's like 9 o'clock at night. And he's sweating like this. And then a full new kit. Yeah, exactly. And he pulls on like brand new Lacoste gear. Yeah. And Well, they would have to have a couple of them. We're going to talk about them in a second. But I was watching Ben Shelton one night and he's just like, like the, the Nike shirt is wearing is absolutely just completely, completely covered in sweat. Like it's just like, it, there's barely a dry section on his shirt. You feel like you could take those shirts off and just wring them out into a it's bucket gross. and just gross. fill the bucket. Gross. <laughs> Lots right. of sports gloss. Lots of gloss. <laughs> Lots of gloss happening at the U.S. Open. Yeah, it what's, was. What stood out to you? What stood out to you? Let's first off, let's talk about mm. Novak. Yes, my observations, if I may, please. A his twenty fourth title. You know, as much as some people don't like him, I might be partially in that category. Hard 
to argue that he's not the GOAT. Agreed. Uh, B, Novak looks so jacked, man. The guy looks fitter than a fiddle at 36. Wow. We should all be so lucky. Wow. Donkey cheese. Must be the donkey cheese probiotics. <laughs> donkey cheese and a really, really intense, um, what was I going to say, stretching regimen. Apparently, he's like always stretching. Like really? His wife is just like, she, there was a comment. Easy, I, 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 easy. <laughs> I may have said this on the pod before, but I'll, I'll say it again. She, like there, uh, Someone asked her once, like, what's the day off with, uh, with Novak like stretching? Really? He's just always stretching limber like he's just always stretching he's always disciplined focused trying to get his body right for that next test abs always be stretching <laughs> yeah that's his motto hmm. what's it to you him winning his 24th obviously was significant but you know what i kind of had a feel that it was going to go that way i thought it was gonna be him or alcaraz in the final medvedev was kind of my outside chance my outside guy Go ahead. My favorite match that I watched during the tournament was uh, Ben Shelton and uh, your boy Francis Tiafo. That was yeah. my favorite match of the tournament, watching two, um, one really young and one younger-ish American heavyweights going at it. That was fun. Yeah, thanks. That's a good – I'll direct my attention to that because Jamal Stradamus told you guys way back when, if you've been following the, the gloss for a while, Ben Shelton was one to watch. He's a lefty. He's serving 149 miles yeah. per hour. I don't even know off the top of my head, KMs, that's probably 230-something. Sure. And He's 18? Uh, Just earned 20. Close yeah. enough. He, just a quick backstory on him, um, born in Atlanta, uh, Gainesville bred, University of Florida. Right. Did two years there, won the national championship his freshman year. Wow. As part of that team, and then the, the second year, uh, last year, he came out, won the national championship for singles, and then he's like, you know what? Let's see how what I can do on, um, on the pro circuit. And Had he's a, doing pretty well. <laughs> did pretty well. He's up Good to number him. 19 in the Good world. Beat Tiafo, as you said. Lost to Novak, as everyone else did, um, in the semis. But the thing I like about him and what stands about him, the energy he brings, and this is very specific to college tennis. I don't know how many of our listeners watch college tennis, but it's – it's got this atmosphere where like there's it's there's constant chatter, there's constant like hyping up. Like and if you watch Shelton between points, he's screaming, he's talking to his box, his dad is his coach. Um, he's he's constantly in conversation. He's, you can see he's got this swagger. As for a twenty year old who's never been there, yeah. where he got to, he looked comfortable. Looked more comfortable than his opponents. It's like I don't know if because he was playing with house money. You know, Tiafo was a semifinalist last year, so people were speculating that he'd return. Mm -hmm. But Tiafo looked tight in that match. And the match before that, fellow American Tommy Paul looked tight against him too. Mm -hmm. Tommy Paul took him out in Australia, so you thought he was going to get done. But Shelton was just ripping shots. Like that Tiafo uh, match, there was one time there were, um, he was down a, a point that would have lost the set, set mm -hmm. point, and he just rips this forehand, like just, he is like, I love it. He just kind of swings for the fences, like yeah. hits the hell out of the ball. Yeah. Like yeah, there was a quote he had after one of his matches where they were asking about like uh, tension and stress, which are a big part of tennis. And he said he looked over to his, his and life and life big time. Yeah. He looked over to his box and he um, pointed or something. And he was like, we don't, we don't panic. And he was just like, we don't panic over here. And it's just good. to like, to it's good. Maybe we don't panic, we make bannock. That's what we say in Canada. Um, here's a question. So 
this like now there is a bit of a movement with these young American players, and I'm including Tiafo in that category. Yeah. There is this movement of these young American players with some momentum here. There hasn't been an American to win the U.S. Open since my guy Andy Roddick. Yeah, twenty all, years, I think, all those years ago, right? So. This is kind of fun and promising, you know, in a greater sense. I, I agree with what you're saying about Chelton. I, I I had a lot of glee watching him play, and I like Tiafo a lot. Like, this is this is a nice bit of movement and, and momentum for American men's tennis. It's great because a year or so ago, we were kind of looking. We're like, okay, they, we've got a bunch of guys in top 100, but no one at that elite level. Yes. Taylor Fritz, top 10. Tiafo on the fringe of that. Tommy Paul. Like Fritz had a good tournament, though. Fritz did well, yeah. He's had a – yeah, his – he had a great year last year, so the expectations were high this year, but he still had a good year. Tafo to get to that where he got to the quarterfinals, final eight, that's great. And then Ben Shelton like just lights out. So it's future's bright for the American tennis. And also, as we'll get to in a second, on the women's side too. Women yeah. have been holding it down, but we had a breakthrough, which we'll talk about in a moment on the women's side. Coco Golf. Coco Golf. Let's get into it. So Coco Ben's 20, she's 19, which is amazing. Coco Goff finally Is she that won. young? She's 19. Wow, and she just won the U.S. Open? She just won her I first. I knew she was young. I didn't realize she was still a teenager. The thing with her, she's kind of been in our consciousness for a, a while because um, I think she's been pro since she's like 15 or 16. No college tennis for Coco. No. F she's, that. She's been around for a while. Neat. Um, her family is a big sports family. I love... Sorry to interrupt. I love, love, love the videos I saw on Twitter of her as a 12-year-old in the stands oh, yeah. at the U.S. Open cheering and watching Serena and, and whomever else was playing. And and then seeing her fast forward, apparently only six or eight years, and she's now winning the U.S. Open. Incredible, pal. Incredible. I'm going to do a minute on Coco just because this is really significant. Go. I mean... She's 19. She wins. She's number three in the world now, and she's number one in the world in doubles. She plays uh, doubles with Jessica Pagula of uh, Buffalo Sabres and Bills. Bills uh, lineage. Fame and fortune. Yeah, progeny. And um, this is, you know, Coco's kind of been like the one that's like, we kind of like, okay, she's going to break through. She's got potential. And it all came together this summer. She won in Washington, D.C., where I saw her. I saw her up close and personal. I walked by her. Actually, she is well put together. She's fit, like long, sinewy limbs, lean, Mm. strong, bigger than you would think. How tall is she? I'd say 5'8, but like, but just I'd take the over, but go on. (laughs) Um, and she linked up with Brad Gilbert, who, if you may remember, was Andre Agassi's coach. A lot of people were saying, yes, maybe one of the best to ever do it. And that has been the thing that that's was a familiar. Her. That was a familiar face to me seeing her coach in the crowd. That was a familiar face to me as a as a medium tennis fan. I did recognize him. Yep, he's in the box saying all kinds of stuff. And also, I just want to say really quickly, the cool thing about the U.S. Open, which I noticed, which I had not seen in other big tournaments, they had the mics on for the um, the coach's box, so you could hear what was being said, and like you could hear them saying, "Hey, you need to hit the ball." To the backhand here or serve here or do whatever it is. Carlos Alcaraz, you could hear his box. Um, if you speak Spanish, uh, Mary Jo Fernandez was like basically translating what was being said. And that's so cool. Like having those mic'd up moments. And that's another thing that I love about the US Open. I have, but, some, I have some thoughts on that in a minute, but please proceed. 
But yeah, just basically on Coco, she won uh, the 500 tournament in D.C. She won, I want to say she didn't win in Montreal, but she won in Cincinnati. And then she got the, the, the big crown jewel of the summer, and she wins the U.S. Open. And sky's the limit for her. She uh, kind of fixed a few things. She had the crowd on her side. Her post-match speech was amazing. You can tell that she's someone that has the poise and presence and knows her history. Like she's talking about the Williams sisters being influential, talking about Billie Jean King making it possible to have equal pay at this tournament. $303 million, that ain't bad. And that's the women, this is one of the only big tournaments the women are are making what the men make. Mm -hmm. So she is well, well beyond her years of a 19-year-old, just super savvy and smart. So it was really cool to see her. She's going to be the face of American tennis for years to come on the women's side. You had a thought. I do have a thought, actually, Jamal. Now, I think about this in a, uh, for me, originally in a basketball sense. And, and as I was watching, and I watch more of the U.S. Open um, in this tournament than I normally would, A, for the reason that we talked about, sort of just the Pacific prime of it all, and B, because, as we'll get to later, I, I watched a program that sort of helped me get some connectivity to some of these players. But I do find it interesting that after every point, and maybe I don't remember this from the days of Agassi and Sampras and early Serena and Venus, um, Aranches, Sanchez, Vicario, and, yeah. you know, um, whomever else. After every point, these players are looking at their coaches and looking at their yeah. boxes. After every point, every point. And just to piggyback on what I just said, you know, in the basketball um, world, I'm a big proponent of saying, like, don't don't look at the coach and don't look in the crowd. Don't look at your parents if we're talking about a youth player. Yep. Keep focus. Don't look for the reaction. Internalize mistakes happen, you know, however, however you want to say that. But it, I really noticed watching the U.S. Open that after every point, every single point, we're looking at the box. Uh, and sometimes, as you said, we're communicating with our coaches. And our, it's it just seems... It seems like a lot. I'm not a fan of it. Honestly. I'm not a fan of it at all. I detest it, as I was sort of implying there in the basketball sense, and I really don't like it in in tennis. Like, I, it seems like too much for me, JC. It's a great observation. I'm glad you brought it up because this is a new kind of wrinkle, let's say, in tennis. Because for so long it was illegal to have this sort of banter and like coaching. And last year they right. they took the um, I don't know the bumpers off training wheels whatever you want to say sure. and they had started allowing it and there was some pro- um, protests like Taylor Fritz was really upset about it because the kind of thing tennis is kind of like you got to suffer you got to figure it out you got to make the adjustments and adapt on the fly mm-hmm. and and now it's just a constant conversation like you've, I've even heard stories of like some coaches literally will be like between points serve there serve this place serve that so like it's like micromanagey now in in some respects and i think it kind of loses some of the spirit of the game because i can just say as a tennis player like who doesn't have that going on and like you don't have a box of a a box of team members and coaches as you go play at a local park i i don't have the you should i don't have the funds to do that you should but um it's it kind of it does um, de- like take a little bit away 
And I, I wish that it wasn't as prevalent. And even like you said, like even the, the elite players that probably don't need that interaction, even if they're just like pumping their fist and looking, it's kind of like there's this constant dialogue. And I'm curious if we're going to get to a point where it, we overdo it and then we're, we're going to have that pendulum swing and get rid of it cuz but, it how, is do they, a bit but much. how do they get rid of it at this point like they're going to we're going to we're just talking about Ben Shelton and his dad's his coach his parents are in the box his mother's sitting right beside his his coach and his dad we've got family and maybe an auxiliary coach there like every point JC yeah. he's he's looking up at there it's, i mean that's too much like we don't need the reaction i mean you make yeah. a mistake you know the mistake as well as your coach does like let's move on no, I agree. You're not going to catch like Chris Paul looking, <laughs> looking over, constantly asking for a play from his coach, you know, from uh, Steve Kerr or whatever. So it's like, I just, how do we put that? Like, how do we question? How do we continue to sort of um, edit that now that we're in this new place? Like, how? What's the next stage? Right. I feel like they're going to have to. Honestly, to get rid of it, they're going to have to just change the rule back. Supposedly, this is like a pilot program. Like, this is not wow. a solidified thing, uh, you know, for the indefinite period. Like, I think that I could be wrong, but I think there's going to be a time where they reevaluate. I would behoove, I would say it behooves them to move away from it mm-hmm. because I just feel like it it takes away from the game and the flow as well. So what do we say, like, coaches and and your team personnel can't sit close close enough they have to be up high enough that you can't communicate that could be it yeah some people will get around with like hand signals and stuff like that but maybe that's the next move right you move your box uh move your your team away a bit because it it does really it can grind yeah i feel you good good observation i agree Let's keep it international sporting and let's move to another thing that happened in the last couple of weeks while we were while we were away from recording and that's sort of the the World Cup of Basketball and the FIBA basketball situation that happened in Indonesian Jakarta. Yeah. You're a well-traveled the, cat. Have you been to Jakarta? Never been to the Mall of Asia Arena. You have. You have. <laughs> no. Well, it sounds like you you can make some space for it in your calendar. <laughs> maybe, maybe. W- Canada ends up beating the U.S. Yeah, to get the bronze. Germany beats Serbia to win the to win the gold. Not what I had on my bingo card. I thought it'd be the flip. I thought it'd be Canada America over America for gold, not bronze. You but did. You gold. were betting on the Canadians. Yeah, definitely. We can talk about that. Couple things to note. Um, a to me, quite remarkable how important this tournament is to the European teams. I mean, as well, the rest of the world, like these games are really well attended. We're now a week, 10 days later, you see these shots of the Slovenian team going back to Slovenia, the Serbian team going back to Serbia and the, the, uh, the parades and the celebrations that are happening publicly. And with these teams, like this is a big deal to, to everybody except for the North American teams, which is pretty cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Dennis Schroeder is forever a hero. He is. I saw a video of him, you know, walking the streets of Berlin today, high-fiving everybody. Like, you know, people are just crazy. The Serbians are crying in the on the parade route. Yeah. And the funny thing is, we'll get into... The Bedrins brothers are, are crying with the mic in Latvia. 
I just briefly, like a slight detour, like I was watching that Germany. Shea Gilgis Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> that Germany game where they beat the U.S., which was a great game, by the way. Um, but I just want to talk about the fact that the both the, the Wagner brothers on that team, and just on the back of their jersey, they just had the first name. Like they were like Spanish or something. So it was like Franz. And I and just thought Mo? that was so, yeah, Franz and, and Moritz or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I just thought that was really cool. But I, if you would have told me, yeah, like Germany is going to walk away with this, I would have laughed in your face. I thought it was going to be Serbia. But it's it's cool to see this. Serbia like, sends the Joker. Yeah, right. And I, even without the Joker, I thought they, they had it. They were missing a few other guys too. But, but why not the U.S.? The U.S. should be able to field their, yeah. C, their C team and win. So this is this is a great... Great. This is the the debate that we're... All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So I talked to some of my my boys at home. A lot of them didn't even know the tournament was going on. And they're... Thus my point... NBA heads. Thus my point that I just made is like, this tournament tournament is important in the rest of the world, but not to Canadian and Americans. Yeah, I think that it has... the, The impression I got, and you can speak to this way better than me, the Canadian... Audience, the significance of it for the Canadians is 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 substantial, palpable. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it was was it the first time since two thousand they've qualified for the Olympics, which is a, huge, a part of this huge. tournament. And yeah. let's localize that for a second. They had the FIBA FIBA qualifying tournament here in Victoria a little while ago, which was a right. big deal for sweet little Victoria, and it kind of got a little bit murky with COVID, but it was an absolute disaster. An absolute disaster. And the fact that we have all these Canadians in the NBA and top-level players and they haven't made it, as you just mentioned, since 2000 was atrocious. Yeah. So qu- quite a, a big deal and quite substantial that Canada was able to qualify for the Olympics. It's 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 pretty noteworthy and pretty important. And I think it should be. I think Canada is a, a burgeoning team. I would honestly just like pencil them in for, for next year for Paris for the Olympics of being... I mean, obviously, they won a bronze, so I think that's going to hold true. You're going to get Jamal Murray back more than likely. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a top three team, maybe like the best team. Agreed. But I think that we've talked about this before. I think the country's changing as far as like the sports landscape goes. Basketball is becoming more a larger part of the Canadian identity. You're always going to have hockey and stuff, but soccer and basketball are really coming to the forefront. And I think even though... A lot of people maybe didn't see these games because of the time zone, things like that. I just heard buzz from a lot of people about this. Yes, maybe not on the same scale as like uh, some of the other teams in Europe, as you as you talked about. But I think that this is going to excite and ignite a lot of people to watch the Canadian team mm-hmm. next summer in Paris. Mm-hmm. And the American team, I want to talk about this. Hold on, let's let's yeah, first, as you would say, let's give uh, let's give your plaudits to someone you've really liked and talked about for a while, and that's SGA. Oh yeah, and SGA was Silky absolutely smooth. cooking this whole tournament. Yeah, he's playing like thirty eight minutes of the forty with that molten basketball in his hand, with that white <laughs> strip around it, right? Yeah, and he is he is controlling the game, absolutely controlling the flow, and just so he put somebody on their ass. It was an American uh, player, was it? It was uh, Mikel Bridges. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Just a crossover. Mikel Bridges' shoes came undone and he fell down. Yeah, yeah. The it was really nice to see. Really nice to see that. that yeah, SGA at in that moment looking like one of the best players on the planet. 
I think it just solidifies it. Like a lot of people, if you're in the know, if you're an NBA fan, like you probably like see him kind of toiling away in somewhat in obscurity in Oklahoma City after he, you know, uh, was traded away from the the Clippers, which I think that is going to that trade's going to age so poorly. It already has. But anyway, um I forget that he was on the Clippers. It was it seems like so brief. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel like they was it was an egregious error on their part. But they but he kind of flies under the radar i think this year you saw a lot more talk about him but this is just only going to grow his legend like it's just the way he was playing i saw like he was like dropping 31 here dropping 30 something there had the ball in his hand the whole time highlight plays he's still really young too he only did one year at kentucky so he's kind of the face of canadian basketball i'd argue And and dylan brooks villain brooks 38 against the U.S.? That had to feel good for him. Had to feel good. Guys, he's facing night after night, and he's just raining in threes. Especially, as we talked about on the gloss a few eps ago at at the end of the NBA season, man, and he's just this sort of redemptive story, and he's playing so well. I mean, this is is good stuff. Ran out of Memphis, ends up in Houston. That's right, with Freddie V. And... Houston looks kind of sexy right now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Ime. Are we no jumping on? No pun intended to Ime being there and being sexy. Yeah. But um, I mean, maybe that's funny. <laughs> I don't know. I got a little Midwest vibes. Oklahoma, Texas uh, bandwagon. Victor Wembanyama down in San Antonio. Uh, this Houston team looks good. This OKC okay. wingspan team looks amazing. Yeah. If you're Luca inclined and Kyrie, that's always a fucking soap opera. It's going to be interesting. That region is going to be a fun watch, but I digress. Um, Shea is, I'll go ahead and say it. All right, how about this? Recency bias, be damned. Shea or Jamal? Jamal just comes off of Mm. this championship where he's such an integral part of what Denver does. You were talking about him being a top maybe 10 mm-hmm. uh, or maybe mm-hmm. top 12 player in the league. Oof, tough question. Is Shea, is Shea there with him? I think Shea is there with him. Yeah. I think Shea is there with him. I think if Shea's on a better team and playing some meaningful playoff games like Jamal was, I think Shea is doing the same thing in this World Cup he would do in the NBA playoffs, right? Yeah. OKC makes the playoffs next year, hypothetically. I think Shea is is dominating the ball and is controlling the play and is, you know, moving people around and doing his thing and putting people in the spin cycle. So, yeah, I put, I put Shea in the same category as Jamal. Jamal comes back for the Olympics in Paris. We've got Shea as Best the one. Court. Shea as the one and Jamal as the two. Oof. I would not want any part of that. That's yep. the best backcourt. Yes, please. In the world. Yes, please. Yeah. Right. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Shay and Jamal. Yeah. Let's have it. Let's have it. I'm curious if there were some question marks earlier. I'm curious if you'll get someone in the front court that emerges for Canada to kind of maybe just give them that extra bit of juice to, to bring home a gold instead of a, you know, a lesser medal next, next year. Lou Dort locking people down. Yeah. Kelly Olenek still, you know, a heady center from Kamloops. Ah, man, the Canadians who else started with the Mel- Melvin Agium. He can still play. I love it. I love it. <laughs> they got dudes. They're good. And you're right. The mall of Asia, 
arena was on fire. That looked like a fun place to be in Jakarta. There were lots of Canadian fans at the games I saw, and it was it was vibes. Like there were uh, people in that region love their basketball. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as you said, basketball was growing everywhere in Canada and Asia and Africa and and everywhere. I want to talk about the U.S. for a second. I was just going to say, let's talk about the U.S. So. The U.S., everybody was kind of questioning, well, the people in my world that I was uh, aware of were saying, okay, this team looks pretty good. They went for smarts and kind of moxie over, like, the the, the legends, the, the guys, that the big names, right? Austin Reeves, Ant Edwards. Yep. Ant Edwards was kind of emerged. Jaron Jackson Jr., Mikhail Bridges. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Halliburton. A um, couple other, you know, uh, Josh Hart, uh, a few other kind of like role players on yes. a lot of NBA teams. Guys that are good quality, but maybe not the creme de la creme of the American uh, player pool, let's say. No Steph Curry, no LeBron. Yep. So let's just get to it. In true LeBron fashion, I don't know if he controls his own Twitter or X or whatever the fuck we're calling it these days. Yeah. But... I felt like immediately after that game, the tweet or whatever comes out, and it's just like fucking Avengers assemble. LeBron's like, I'm talking to Steph. I'm talking to D-Book. I'm talking to like who? I can't even. KD. No D-Book. No KD. Thank you. Good names that weren't there. These Everybody wants to run in Paris. And I'm just kind of... I'm. It's a bit besmirching of the team that was doing it. Thank none you. of those guys, none Thank of those you. guys wanted to go. They were asked. They were all asked to go. Yep. They said thanks, but no thanks for reasons that I'm sure are valid or invalid, maybe. But they decided not to go. So, like, come on, LBJ. And, and if you look at it, LBJ catching strays again <laughs> on the glass. I love it. <laughs> and if you look at it, yes, some of those guys they had some playoff runs, but they didn't have. They weren't like. I mean. They weren't like super deep runs that no. I'm thinking of, right? Like, no. am I missing something here? You're not. So, you know, I know LeBron's getting older. All those guys, uh, Steph Curry's getting getting older and stuff as well. But I was, I'm seeing clips daily of Steph Curry running these camps and doing all this stuff. Like, I think he's got – it's it's really – it's just funny to me. It's but, funny. But I would say, though, that that especially with the USA team – it's a young man's game. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. established stars. KD doesn't want to go play in Jakarta. He wants to drink melon balls and watch Coco play in Flushing. And just jump in on fans' Twitter on his burner or his actual... Sure, but he's, like, you know, he's decided, you know, yeah. like he's saving his bullets, if yeah, you will, right, for, for the sure. season. Yeah. But yeah, LeBron can't be coming in the next day with a mountain a squad. Yeah, it, it reeks. It's very LeBron, though. Yeah. It's so LeBron. Like, it's just like, I got the answer. And I'm just like, really? Do you? Are you just going to come in and step in when it's, the you know, on this different stage, when it's in Paris, when it's, it's, it's just so LeBron. Which brings me back to something we talked about a few episodes ago in the sports class. And that is Space Jam 2. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Okay. So I see... You've seen it now. Space Jam of LeBron or whatever it's called. Whatever the title is. Yeah. Right? Legacy right. of something. Yeah. I see it on my TV. I'm, I'm a an ardent basic cabler, unless I'm in Black Creek, which we'll get to later. But I So I record it. Right? Yeah. I want to watch it. I was a fan of the first one. I sit down with my kids. Some At some point, it seemed like a good idea to watch this. So I'm like, oh, let's watch Space Jam. So we get into it. 
I, I must admit, and, and I remember what you said about this, and I really had no concept of it because I hadn't seen it yet, but we're about 33 minutes into it, okay? I'm looking at, um, what's the guy's name? Um, Don oh, Cheadle? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm looking at Don Cheadle in some scene, and my kids look at me, my daughters look at me, and they say, what's going on? Like, what's <laughs> What's happening? I've also been intently watching for the last 33 minutes. And I'm, I am look them dead in the eyes with every ounce of my being. And I'm like, I do not know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That movie is such such a pile of hot garbage. Yep. I, that was two weeks ago. And like, there's no chance we circle back and carry on. Like, there's no chance. Right. And that, you know, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. We gave it a good try. You didn't finish it. We did. We stopped there. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. Spoiler alert: LeBron wins. Don Cheadle couldn't figure it out. Like yeah. it was banana lands to me, JC. I was like, "What's going?" Like, it was just. It's just his brand. It's like MJ did it. I, I gotta compete. You know, you know, years from now, the last dance, LeBron thing. Like, he's probably got cameras on right now. Like, it's just... I get what they were trying to do. Like, they they were trying to sort of build a story. Like, I understand that, but it just it just flopped all over. It was, like, kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Both the acting and, like, the visual. Yeah. Man, it just totally... It just... <laughs> Yeah, when they looked at me and said, what's going on? And I was like, I don't have a sniff what's going on. I do not know. I don't all these. Like, it's such bullshit. And Don Cheadle's such a good actor. And it's like, Don. It was just an as a, as branding for the back catalog of, you know, Warner Brothers. Yeah, it and, was. And LeBron. Yeah. Like, it was just. Yeah. LeBron was so good in uh, Amy Schumer, Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was that movie called? Amari Stoudemire was I know in it. I can't think of it, yeah. but I know exactly what you're talking about. He was train funny. wreck. Thank you. Yeah, he was funny in that. Yeah, he was. But this, he's just, just bad, bad. B a a a d. Anyway, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Sports class with Justin Jamal. Football is back. NFL started with a bang last week. And the big story, unless you've been under a rock and you haven't heard about it, Aaron Rodgers, after four plays, <laughs> goes down, torn Achilles, in one of the wilder games I've seen in recent memory. Jets win on a walk-off punt return. In overtime. In overtime, Josh Allen, hero ball for no reason at all, has four turnovers. (laughs) Zach Wilson throws a crazy ball that Garrett Wilson makes maybe the catch of the year. Wilson to Wilson. Wilson to Wilson. And we're kind of left scratching our heads because we're thinking, man, after all of the hype, 
after all of the shenanigans, after hard knocks all summer, and we're so ready for this Aaron Rodgers. People were picking the Jets for the Super Bowl, and really what it comes down to is the Jets are forever cursed. The, yes. It seemed like, it seemed like even Aaron Rodgers was sort of reborn in the green of the the New York Jets, right? And not the green of the Green Bay Packers. It it seemed to be like he had bought into the the structure and the systems of this team. He's at Knicks games. He's at the U.S. Open. He's going to Taylor Swift. He's all of a sudden catching the vibe of New York. He's drinking the honeydews. He's loving it, right? Then, Then is the first game... And we've got him running out on 9-11 with the American flag. With the American flag. In New York, New Jersey area. And it's, you know, this girl is on fire, right? It's <laughs> it's full on. And you're thinking, you're thinking the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? They've got the defense. They've now got A-Rod, Go Bears in control of that offense. They've got weapons, as you illustrated. They've got a great line. And and after that moment with the lights dimmed and him running with the American flag, four plays later, he pops his Achilles, JC. Wow. I mean, that's why sports is the best reality show. That's why it is. <laughs> sports pain is real. Sports pain is real because shit like that happens. Yeah. So I want to unpack this briefly. Rogers, soon to be 40, like you. Yeah, he's a, he's my age. <laughs> He says he's gonna he's you know he's gonna work his way back, but yeah, I but we're mean, at day four. Yeah, we saw that last Kobe year after the Achilles. It's yeah. it's not peak peak performance. No. And anyway, so he's the Jets. Zach he needs Wilson, another darkness retreat. He's gonna need like he's gonna, he's need, gonna need like a month long darkness <laughs> retreat after this. A call, lot of ayahuasca to heal, not Achilles. Call your guy. <laughs> But yeah, what do the Jets do now? Cue the Ghostbusters music. Who are you going to call? Who? Zach Wilson's not the answer. You've got all this promise. Okay. You've got the defense. you got Sauce okay. Gardner, Quinnen Williams. You've got Brees Hall. Like I said. like Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams is great. Yes. Good TV. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these guys. The Jets beat Buffalo. You're not. You don't want to stick with the MILF hunter, Zach Wilson. You want something else? <laughs> you want something else? That's the best nickname I've heard. <laughs> The milk hunter. Sorry. I want someone else. You Who know, do you want? Let's say, let's like, don't be, and I'm not, don't be, don't be hamstrung by, uh, you know, rationale. Like, who do you want now? In this weird moment where three nights ago, A-Rod goes down, go Bears. Who do you want now? I'm not going to say Tom Brady. You're not going to say Tom Brady. I'm not going to say Matt Ryan. Okay. I'm not going to say that shit talking, baby having... Philip Rivers. I think you kind of get a middle of the road guy. You get someone to just, you're not going to, Zach Wilson, my problem with him is he tries to play hero ball. He's not a hero. He can put on a, a cape. He's still Clark Kent, bro. Yeah. So I think. Who do I you want? Know. Who do you want? I don't know. Maybe you just get like a game manager. I don't want a. I don't. They got nice running backs. All information points to they have nice running backs. Do you get Here like who a, I? Here's who I want. Do you get like a Jacoby Brissett? Good. That's good. Or something. I'd take that. Do you get like a? Is Fitzgerald like Fitz Magic's not no, coming back? No, 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 
you're, you're not gonna get someone off the street. I think you make a trade. You have a little capital. Okay, let's hold on. Let's let's speak whimsically for a second here. Yes, let's speak whimsically Go for, for a second. Okay, before we get real. Tom Brady. Imagine if Tom Brady walked into the New York Jets. The Amazing. offense is there. The Amazing. defense is there. Can you imagine if he just strolled in and said, okay, I'm going to do this for a year, right? They can't pay him anything, but again, we're speaking whimsically. Imagine if TB12 walks in there. Okay, let that go. Secondly, why isn't Cam Newton in the league? Now, he's been out for three or four years. He can't throw anymore. Well... Cam Newton was so good, and I feel like he got flushed out early. Thirdly, what about Colin Kaepernick? Now, Colin this... Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick has been out even longer, and I realize that's going to be the argument that everyone makes as, as, as he did the wonderful things that he did, and then he got blackballed. Yeah. But, like, Colin Kaepernick, again, we're speaking whimsically. I like those three options. I really like these those three options, right? I like them. Just for the fun of it. I like all of those as well. And like, just okay, just for the fun of it, the Tom Brady piece, I'll try not to stick on this too long, but God damn, that'd be amazing. Ex-Patriot, he just Sunday went and had the whole like feel-good thing with uh, Robert Kraft oh, on, on the field. Bizarre, yeah. Yeah. Running around. Looking kind of weird because he's lost weight somehow his like hair and head look bigger but he seems like happy and he feels good but god damn it you know you know there is like a an itch that tom brady would be like oh man he could do it also i would just he's not gonna get hit right like no he's not gonna get hit and it would that's that's a fun thought it would be kind of an f you to the the the, how things ended with the pats Mm -hmm. but man that would be interesting also, I just the thing that drive the thing that gets <laughs> Jamal me most, and I both pointing our fingers at each other to interject. Go on. <laughs> the thing that gets me most excited about the whatever fantasy dream of Tom Brady would just be Aaron Rodgers in like whatever sort of rehab boot, looking at like a Microsoft Surface on yes. the bench yes. with Tom Brady. Beside him, quarterback minds oh. Oh. like two legends. Just sitting there breaking down defense. Could you imagine? That's wild. Could you imagine that? So that's that's really cool. Yeah. What's your thought? I'm still stuck on that moment of those two guys trying to break break down a play. Oh man, talk about egos. That's like my. So here's my here's my more realistic thought. Less whimsically, my realistic thought. I'd like to see the Jets get Gardner Minshew. Hey, I like Gardner Minshew. He's a good game he's a manager. Yeah, good player. Yeah, he's got some. He's got a little Jonathan Moxie in him, right? He would not back down. He would not be afraid of the big moment. Uh-uh. He he can be in New York uh-uh. and 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 live up to that. That duster will play anywhere, right? <laughs> I think it'll play anywhere. I think right now, don't quote me. I think he's with the Colts. Yeah, I think he's Colts property at the moment. Yeah. Right, they're going with um, Richardson from Florida as their starter. He's kind of the backup, but I like Gardner Minshew. Like, you need like a kind of a, um, yeah, someone like that. I could see Minshew mania sweeping across the tri-state area. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, that'd be so fun. But then you have Minshew and the Milf Hunter. Uh, you riding one and two? <laughs> yes. Just keep saying Milf Hunter, by the way. But yeah, like I, I just, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. This Jets team is good. Like I think 
even with well that well that was sorry to cut you off that was the whole point why Aaron was so bought in Aaron was so bought in yeah was because this team was so good and I think he legit thought he had a chance to win a Super Bowl I just want to say for a second how odd is it how odd is it that Brett Favre leaves Green Bay after a very long and and grandiose career and ends up with the Jets yep A-Rod, after a very long and grandiose career with the Packers, leaves and goes to the Jets. Yep. Fascinating. Fascinating. Both both after the Packers have Favre playing quarterback, they draft Favre. Uh, three years later, Favre moves on. The Packers have A-Rod. They draft Jordan Love. Three years later, he moves on. Jordan Love wins his first game, looks decent. Both to the Jets. Weird. Yeah. Synchronicity. Yeah. So here we are. Let's talk that college. Let's oh, talk yeah. the good stuff. Let's talk that oh, good-ish. Yeah. There's so much since we've last, uh, we last met. So first of all, just a little bit of uh, admin, if you will. Stanford and Cal, we talked about it. We've you know forecasted it. They've joined the ACC along with Southern Methodist University, SMU, if you're nasty. Mm-hmm. They've, uh, come, and they are. They've come back from the death penalty. I was going to say. From years ago, Eric Dickerson and uh, Craig. And it, uh, yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah, he used to be on game day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, yeah, what an odd-looking Atlantic Coast Conference we'll have uh, in the near future. As a pal of mine said, nothing says Atlantic Coast Conference like Northern California. <laughs> I know Americans are really bad at geography, yeah. but uh, this that's is, bad. This is bad. That is bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you get two dominant academic schools that are in the the Bay Area. Um, what does that What does that look like for Cal and Stanford basketball? As I think ahead, yikes! Like Cal and Stanford basketball now have to go into Tobacco Road and play. The Tar Heels at UNC, they got to play Duke at Cameron. They got to play NC State in the home of the Carolina Hurricanes and my boy Rob the Bod in Raleigh. Like, holy bleep, that's a tough racket. Yo! That's way different from uh, the Friday night in Corvallis. That's no Friday night in Corvallis, Saturday in, in Eugene, and then Monday or maybe a big late night on Big Tuesday in Wazoo or in at UW. That's way different. So just really briefly, humor me. Logistically, are you just like, are you just, you know, getting a wing of the uh, the Hilton in, yes. in Durham yes. like for a week? No. Or two no, weeks? No, no. Weeks? You're having it full of, for like... Remote six, classes? Six months. Yeah. Because you, we need to hold on to it. We need to hold on to the space for the football team, then for the men's and women basketball team, and then for the swimming team, and then for the crew team. And and we're now in the ACC, so we need a field lacrosse team and the water polo team. I think these schools are just holding on to a block of real estate, an apartment building or a Hilton couple floors of the Hilton, and I think they just have to hold on to it in perpetuity. I think now it's got to be part of it. You're right. It's like the Raptors in Florida a couple years ago. Yeah, in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's wild. Like like you said, like just running through those teams, like all of those teams, and then even like bleeding into like, you know, uh, your stones throw away from uh, Charlottesville and Blacksburg, and, and then as well uh, Clemson, South Carolina. Sure. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, sure. Georgia Tech. So you've got... I mean, yeah, you're, you're, 
just buy some real estate up. I'm sure the endowment will cover it, but it's such a wacky, weird world we're going to jump into next year. Yeah. College that's, football. That's going to be hard on the eyes. While we're, while we're talking about Pac-12, let's just talk about the fact that that conference has been on a tear. Give them their flowers. Give you texted me Saturday night saying that the Pac-12 was 17-0. and 0. Wild. Wow. And they're going to disintegrate that conference because it's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like I was just sitting here, you looking around, like the Big Ten's not doing so hot. Alabama's losing. Clemson's losing, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. And now <laughs> you're not going to have these traditional rivalries in the same capacity. You're not going to have all this stuff that's going. And the Pac-12 is just off to a flying start. Eight teams in the top 25 as we speak. Maybe their highest number ever. No big deal. Wild. One of those teams. We're heading into week three of the college football season. For people that may not know, we're heading into week three. Yep, that's right. And while we're talking about the Pac-12, as it currently is in this iteration, can we just talk about where they're going to be Saturday? First time in a long time, ESPN is making a trip to Boulder, Colorado. And why? Why are they going to Boulder, Colorado, Mr. Kelly? I mean, first off, the the Colorado Buffs were one in eleven last year. Oof. One in eleven, and and they probably haven't been to Colorado for the longest time. Chris Fowler, uh, former host right. of former host of Game Day and current host of the U.S. Open that you probably watched, and always the the play by play on the biggest game of the week for ESPN and ABC, and a proud CU alum. College game day going to Boulder for Dion for prime time. So is this the secondary Fox's program, the Fox's Big Noon. Also, also Joel Klatt, also Joel Klatt, former quarterback, quarterback at, at, uh, University at Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, man, Colorado is really through the first three weeks, sort of the epicenter of of college football, and no one saw that coming. I remember texting you when Colorado's schedule came out when Dion, Coach Prime, got the job, and saying. You know, no matter what he does and how much I like Coach Prime, man, this is a murderer's row schedule. And it's early. And it's early. It's early. Yep. But what a start they've got ought to. What a hype. What a hype train they're riding. As you said, JC, game day is going to be there at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning, and I can't wait to turn it on. Going to Fort Worth, beat TCU, national runner-up last year. Not the same team, obviously, but they go in, they beat them the first week, come back, they're blood like rival like ugh, they hate the Cornhuskers beat Nebraska storm the field I think the last time they beat Nebraska Eric Bieniemy was skinny <laughs> like Darian Hagan like running a triple <laughs> option I remember that ah, as Chris Berman would say sleeping with the enemy <laughs> but yeah all that aside man Coach Prime has Coach promised. Prime. He's got he's, him going. He's delivered as promised. Like, just every day, if I go on to social media, I'm seeing new clips of different things. And today... I heard an interview, sorry to cut you off. I heard an yeah. interview with the AD of Colorado. He's saying, he on their website, on their, on their official team store, everything is sold out. Damn. Everything is fucking sold out. You can't buy a CU Buffs hoodie anywhere. There's nothing there. It's all gone. Like Nike's like scrambling to re-up. Damn. Yeah. 
It looks good too. The black and gold. It looks. Smooth. It's a clean look. Some of the hats that he's been wearing. I'm a hat guy. Yeah. And some of the lids that he's been wearing is. It's nice. It's tough. It's nice. <laughs> it's tough, man. Yeah. It's a good look. But he is just. All right. First of all, okay. We're gonna get into. I, I, I'm so excited about Prime. I I grew up bit of a Florida State fan. I loved Prime. I had Deion Sanders shoe with the big Velcro strap yep. in grade seven. Yep. And I fucking loved them. Emphasis cool. on the F. <laughs> the white one with the black and red. Like yes. Like Falcons vibes. Yes. Yeah. And they had laces underneath with the yeah. big Velcro strap over top. Classic. Oh, my mom bought them for me and I was like, this is... Like, this is amazing. I'm wearing those the first day of school. You're GD right. <laughs> I'd wear them the first day of school right now if I had them. So, Prime, do you think this is... Is, it, is he a snake oil salesman? Do you think this is legit? It's early on. Are we going to see him be the Pied Piper and, like, NIL, it's a brave new world. Are we going to see all of these recruits coming across... You know, Colorado is not a hotbed as far as like in-state recruiting. Are we going to get the California kids? Are we going to get the Florida kids? Are we going to get the kids from Texas, like the the stronghold, to come to Colorado, play for a crime, make some money, shine on a big stage? I I've got a couple quick thoughts on that. First off, I thought it was odd that Coach Prime, Dion, Neon, Dion, must be the money, must be the money that's got them on their knees, must be the money, which was his single at the time. I thought it was odd that that Dion Sanders took the job at Colorado. Yeah. I thought it was too north and too cold for him because he was so he's <laughs> such a devout Florida guy. And, yeah. And Southern guy. Yeah. Um, so it, it was cool when, when he did that. Secondarily... I didn't like how Dion handled the players at Colorado when he landed there. He talked about bringing his own luggage in. It's Gucci. Yeah, yeah. Right? And bringing his own <laughs> players. Now, he's brought in 83 of his own players. Wow. So he discarded a lot of kids that were there. Right? And that's... I get it. I get it. it at that point, it's kind of a business, and he's going to do what he wants. I'm not... That, I don't feel so great about that because there's a lot of kids that were sort of forced to move on and that was through no no fault of their own, right? So, yeah. And that's part of college sports, big-time college sports, but that kind of sucks. However, the way he has like captivated the world and the way that they've won these these games so far, man, and, and I like... Dion, I like Neon Dion. I like the high stepping. I like when he played for the Braves. I like when he played for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, as I said, I had the shoes. So what he's done since, if I can overlook those things, like it's it's pretty cool. I think he will bring in the top tier kids. If he's bringing in, um, if he's bringing in kids like Travis Hunter and other top tier cats to play HBCU, yeah, then I do think that he can recruit. He's got the cachet. He's got the swag. He's got the hats on and the sunglasses on, which I love in the pressers. I think he can. I think he can he can ride this for a few more years. I think so too, man. I think this is this is going to last. And I think this new... This is so fun and so unexpected. It's so fresh because, you know, we're looking at traditionally the last, whatever, decade, last few years, 
who has been at the top of college football, like the coaching uh, top? It's been Saban, Dabo, Sweeney. Guys, I'm not really enthused or excited to root for. Agreed. You know, like they have their Colts. They're going to have Clemson fans. They're going to have, you know, Roll Tide. They're going to have that. But you're not getting super excited for these older, kind of more stringent, like conservative type of guys. Yeah. Versus Prime is just like, I'm doing it this way. I'm doing it this way. Yeah. And it's, he's speaking their language, like the young kids. Clearly. The... The synchronization of NIL and like the kind of uh, waiver of the having the, the the transfer portal being what it is, all of these things, the confluence of events has been perfect for him. Yeah, this couldn't have lined up any better. Nope. Meanwhile, you're seeing like people talking about the fact that like Saban is struggling because of NIL. It's kind of leveled the playing field. And then as well, like I mentioned, Dabo Sweeney, he was really averse to like to this. He's like, oh, student athletes, they shouldn't get money, da 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 da. So Prime embraced it. The kids have their um, hashtag or like their ads. Instagram on the, and, and Twitter handles on their back of their jerseys. Yep. There's always a camera. Wild. On. There's always a camera Fucking on wild. practice. Yep. Locker room. Everything's a documentary. Everything. There's a I watched I watched the uh, the documentary of his season at um uh Jackson State yes. on uh, Amazon Prime. Yes. And um man, he's just a smart businessman. He is. Cuz this this is what it and, is. And and just like he was as a player, he's a he's a performer in a sense. Obviously, he's an elite athlete and now he's an elite coach, but he's also a performer and he's a smart businessman and he he knows what people want to see. I believe it was Jay-Z that said I'm a businessman. I'm a business man. Yeah. And Prime is the same, man. Um, his son shining. Travis Hunter is doing well. That's cool. Travis Hunter is giving me Charles Woodson vibes. Playing both ways. Chuck Wood, my guy. Play, playing over 100 plays a game. I don't know if it's sustainable, but is there a world, is there a viable shot that if Colorado just rolls through, they've got CSU this weekend, which we'll briefly talk about in a moment, We've got Oregon next. Big We've game. got USC and defending Heisman Trophy uh, winner Caleb, Caleb Williams, probably mm. presumably number one pick in the NFL draft yeah. next spring. Yeah. If they their schedule is crazy. Their schedule is crazy. Let's say they win two out of these three. Sure. And they go on a little bit of a tear. And Travis Hunter shines. Is there a world where he's in New York and the Heisman uh, tele, uh the Heisman Award show? Uh huh. Uh huh. I think if they if they carry on and he's playing as well as he has, I mean it's early days, right? We're entering week three, but he's been so good thus far and playing so well. The interception he had in oh, the first game. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's playing. He's I mean, he's playing like ninety percent of of the snaps on either side of the ball. Big Chuck Wood vibes. As good as advertised. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Cool to see um, Coach Prime and his kid Shadur being the quarterback, and and he's setting the house on fire thus far. It's it's nice. There's sort of a family family element to it. That's wonderful. I heard the other day that Shadur is getting now like first round grades. Well, I mean, talk about overreacting, but yeah, it's but er- again, it's early. Like anything, it's early. It's it's early, but we'll we'll see. But I love it. It'd be love pretty the, amazing. Love uh, the juice. But love the juice. Speaking of the juice, we got to talk about this whole situation between uh, the Colorado State coach and Coach Prime, and things becoming personal this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. 
You want to lay it out for the people? As stated, on Saturday, the University of Colorado will play Colorado State, a big in-state rivalry like any state in America. These games are big, big, and, and quite heated, and tempers are flaring, blood is boiling. And today, the Colorado State coach, Jay Novell, says... Well, when I'm doing interviews with ESPN, I take off my hat and I take off my glasses. That's how my mama raised me, right? And and to Dion's credit and sticking with his brand, he's got his hat on, he's got his sunglasses on. At, at sometimes he's got a big chain and, and a bit of a chess piece on, right, as per her, his rep. And that was Jay Novell's dig at at coach prime and then and then there was a clip that came out later today which jamal and i talked about via text and it was like hey unnecessarily the coach of colorado state has made this personal and we're going to you know we were just going to play but now it's personal and now means something and we're going to dig our heels and we're gonna you know we're gonna fight it's gonna be interesting what's the line on that game saturday 23 and a half (laughs) 23 and a half. Take the over. Yeah, I think I take the over too. I think I take the over too. Uh, quickly, just uh, hitting some other things here. College football. Alabama loses to Texas at home. Yeah. Yeah. Sarkeesian, former apprentice, pupil, beats his teacher, comes yeah. in. Yeah. Alabama's got some problems. Uh, people not feeling great about Milrow, the quarterback. None of the quarterback stud that they normally have. Yeah, they don't have the two, uh, the Hurts, the Mac, mm-hmm. uh, those types of guys. And then Clemson loses to Duke on national television on a Thursday night, week yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think those dynasties are done? No. No. Alabama's still going to be in the conversation at the end of the year. Texas is, I think maybe Texas is quite good. I didn't see, I watched a. I watched some chunks of that game on Saturday night. I didn't see Arch Manning with my own eyes. On the, I mean, he didn't play, right? But I didn't see him on the bench. I think he's wearing sixteen. Hmm. Um, he, I saw like a, a him giving a hook and horns post game. Oh, okay, okay. But um, one of the highest paid players, who's not even uh, who's who's got the in headset the, in on. the state of Texas, he's got the headset on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think. You know, people like Quinn Ewers, especially after that game. He had a beauty of a yeah, deep ball well. uh, for a touchdown to uh, Xavier Worthy. Should and I cut a mullet? The kids today with long hair are cutting a mullet. My hair is in need of a, a need of a cut. Do I go? Do I go Texas quarterback and cut a mullet for the college football season? You could do it. Luke Wilson's doing it on TSN every night now. I'm joking. I'm not gonna do that. Are you no. kidding me? <laughs> You kidding me? Young man's game. Yeah, it's a young man's game. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's a lot happening uh, with college football. Really excited about the weekend. Br- briefly, my buddy Joe, shout out to Joe, went to the USC game uh, the other day, I think last week, and they beat the brakes off of uh, Stanford. Sorry, Stanford. Not sorry. Yeah. And um, he just said, Caleb Williams has that it. He's he is there and he's like, there's a lot of dink and dunk. It all looked effortless, and then he could just turn it on when he wanted to. I think <laughs> they were up. I want to say he played three quarters and they scored forty nine points in those Yow. three quarters. Yeah, I saw an uh, interview he did uh, or like a clip he does like um, 
kind of my favorite things or 10 things I can't live without on the... He's in Dr. Pepper commercials too, by the way. Caleb, Caleb Williams is in Dr. Pepper he commercials. He should be. Good for him, man. Yeah. He's, um, I was just saying, like, he was... Get it this... while you can, because Lord knows what could happen. Yeah, you never know. Aaron uh... Rodgers has taught us that. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. But he did this GQ thing on YouTube. Everybody should check it out. He is really poised... Interesting young man. He's from Washington, D.C., close uh, to where I grew up, so that always hits for me. Big ginger beer guy, which is pretty interesting. Ginger beer? Yeah. Or ginger beard? <laughs> ginger beer. Okay. Thank you. Um, but uh, I like him a lot. I don't know. I, I, there's something I, I'm really hoping that there's a world maybe there me and you can uh, can see him play some, some ball this year. I don't hmm. know. Maybe maybe we can hmm. get down to Eugene. We'll see. But anyway, Caleb Williams, keep an eye out. He would be the first to do back-to-back Heisman trophies since God knows how long. Archie Griffin, maybe? That's fun. For sure. Thanks for joining us, everyone. That concludes another episode of The Sports Class with Justin and Jamal. We're back. We're going to be back in this rotation once again. It's so good to be back. I'm joyous right now. Find us on Instagram at The Sports Gloss. We'll be posting some stuff there in the near future. What do we always say to the people? Survive in advance. <laughs> Peace. Peace. <laughs>